Let's get ready to barbecue! Cowboy Kev here, welcoming you to another episode of the Man Meat Barbecue Show with your host, Mikey K. Man Meat Barbecue is brought to you by Fire and Smoke Barbecue Company, your place for small batch, high quality seasonings, and if you're in the Chicago area, catering. Man Meat Barbecue is also brought to you by Myron Mix and Smokers. Are you on the competition circuit or just looking to kill it around the cul-de-sac? Check out Myron Mix and Smokers. They've got a cooker for you. And now, from the Jealous Devil Studios, the charcoal that lights our fire. Can't get anything better than that. Don't forget, use the code MANMEATBARBECUE at checkout for some great deals. Here is our host, Mikey K. Take it away, Mike. What is up, guys? So we are hanging out with Wood Smoke Heat, all one word on Instagram. Man, I want to say thank you so much for hanging out with us and uh, chatting barbecue, which we're going to get into in a second. Um, he is a big green egger, which is fantastic. He has a couple other different cookers, but I'm sure we're going to talk a little bit about eggs. We're going to talk about um, barbecue. We're going to talk about wood fire cooking. Um, man, I want to say thank you for coming on the show and hanging out with us. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, thanks, Mikey, for, um, for having me. This is a, a pleasure. Um, uh, I'm a kind of a novice big green egger, I would say. Uh, I've had one for about six years now. Um, I live outside of, of San Francisco, just north of San Francisco in the Bay Area. Um, two boys, two young boys, 10 and 13, and a wife, um, but happily smoking these days when I'm stuck at home. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you guys are t still technically shut down, correct? We are in more ways than one, right? So I think through schools closed just because of COVID. And yeah. And, you know, we have all these fires happening, all these wildfires around yeah, us as yeah. well. Yeah. Which is kind of crazy. Um, I think there, there's one right now that's a, a million acre fire. It's the biggest one ever. That's just, um, just, to, just to think of a million acres, like yeah. on fire. <laughs> like, that's insane. That's nuts. And I mean, we're lucky. I, I can't complain that we're getting smoke here, but we're not, our, our house is not going to burn down. Right. So right. now are you guys getting a, a like, are you getting smoke? Like, oh, is, yeah. it, is it like insane? Cause I know like some of my friends that live in San Francisco when they were getting some of those really bad, really close fires, I mean, they were, they were sending pictures and it was like, I mean, orange sky at noon and it was yeah, insane. Orange sky, ashes raining down from the, the sky. It's crazy. We had, I think something like 26 or 27, what they call them spare the air days here where you're okay. not supposed to, um, you're not supposed to burn any wood. That includes charcoal. Okay. So that's a long time to not use your smoker, right? I, I think I might have broke the rules there a few times. But <laughs> there, there there, are certain days where you don't want to. Like it's so bad out that you just don't want to be outside. You just don't want to be outside. don't want to be doing anything. So, yeah. man, what made you get a big green egg? Like what what made you go that route? Um, I think it, it probably goes back to my childhood. Um, my <coughs> grandfather was a butcher growing up. So that kind of set the stage for me of uh, how we ate at home. Uh, there was always always some sort of meat on the table. Right? It was pretty rare if, if there wasn't. And my dad was a good cook on the grill. He nothing special, right? He had a Weber gas grill. Um, but we always had some sort of meat happening. Uh, and I think it's evolved over time. It's still relatively recent, right? I think I've, I've, I got into cooking more probably in grad school. Um, where I had a little bit more disposable income. And that's that's almost a joke to say that because I think I was 
making $16,000 a year or something <laughs> as a postdoc, postdoctoral fellow, right? But I had, it was just interesting to try new things. And then it was when we moved to San Francisco and we were remodeling our kitchen, I had this idea to put a big green egg in, in the budget as a line item and okay. kind of snuck it in there. And my wife didn't see it, I don't think, right away. Um, so that's how it started. Six years, that was six years ago. I would say for five and a half of those, it was kind of standard stuff I'm doing, you know, like pork butts, pork shoulders, ribs, yeah. brisket, chicken, turkey, every, every Thanksgiving is obligatory. Yeah. Um, it's changed now since I'm at home so much, like I have time. So all of a sudden I, a whole new world has opened up to, to try new things because I'm, I'm not in the car or on a ferry for two to three hours a day or shuffling kids around to baseball practices or soccer practices. Right. So it's the time is your friend with barbecue. So that is very been, true. Yeah. It's your friend and your enemy at the same time. Right. Because if, if you don't have the time and it, it becomes a very difficult, um, becomes a very difficult task. And I mean, I'm sure all of us know it and all of us know it very well is when you're cooking and then you start looking at the time and you're going, this isn't moving fast enough for the time that I was aiming for. Now, what's going to go on? You know, um, that happens. Yes. That also happens. And then <clears throat> time almost becomes your, your non-friend there, right? Because totally. then you're like, and that's when, that's when it feels like time's, I think, moving the fastest, is when you start to say, like, okay, cool, I got four hours. And I need six. And, and then you start waiting for food. Yeah, and then you start looking at times, and you're like, "Shit, where did an hour and a half go? Yeah. It felt like fifteen minutes." It's true. Like as soon as you hit that stall, you're like, "It's, it's not up to me anymore." The meat is the boss. Yeah. Some sometimes, yes. Sometimes you you know sometimes you got a wrapper, um, and and push. Um, yeah. It does happen. It does. It definitely does happen. Where you know. Rap, rap, push, keep going. But um, I have found that when I start coming up to my stalls, if I if I inch my temperature up just a little bit, it helps push through stalls very, very nicely. Yeah. <clears throat> and I don't I don't hit as many. Yeah, I just started wrapping with butcher paper, which is something I hadn't done in the past. It was more tinfoil, and I like it. Uh, I I wrap almost everything in butcher paper. Yeah. Um. I think it just holds it, – it, it, it allows moisture to still come in, and it, it's not exactly like tinfoil where it, like, kind of steams. You know what I mean? It, it still allows yep. that meat to breathe. Yep. So I, 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 do, I do definitely like wrapping my briskets in butcher paper. It helps me keep my bark, um, and it just I, – I think all in all it works really well. Do you do it for ribs too? I still do foil with ribs. But. I still foil my ribs, but that's because um, when we do our ribs, we do uh, we put a little bit of butter, brown sugar, a little bit more um, seasoning, and just a smidge of barbecue sauce in there. Yep. Just so it kind of glazes over nicely, and mm. and it gives it a, all in all a little bit sweeter of a rib. Now. I, I'm not a huge fan of a super sweet rib. Uh, personally, uh, I think it's too sweet for me. And <clears throat> it, But at the exact same time, 
that's what that's what people want out here. So when we're cooking commercially, I kind of have to give in a little bit. I ha- have to give something, right? Yeah. I have to give a little, give a little, you know, a little bit of pushback. I can give a little bit of pushback where I don't make them super fall off the bone, but I give them really good flavor. Yeah. Yeah, I, I used the, the brown sugar butter honey trick last weekend for the first time, and I was worried it was going to be too sweet, but it was fine. They're not. It, it's funny yeah. how you think you're like, oh, shit, this is going to be really sweet. And it it kind of mellows itself out. Almost. It, it, you don't get that super sweetness. Um, now, if you want super duper sweet, you can, I mean, really cake that stuff in there. Yeah. And it will, it, it, you know, it'll it'll get candied. <laughs> yeah. But personally, I like a little bit of a savory rib. I like that. I like that bite to it. Um, and when I mean when I when I eat ribs, <clears throat> and I'm cooking just for myself, uh, I'm making. I do a dry rub rib, so it's kosher salt, and that's all that goes on it. Goes into the cooker. Um, once it's done and it gets pulled, uh, I just do a dry rub on top of it, and then that's it. Uh, nice. And that that's a true traditional dry rib. Um, but there's not many people that like that. At least not up here. They don't. They don't want that as a as a regular rib. Not the regular option. It's pretty saucy out here as well. Like where a lot of the sweetness comes from, I think as well. No, I mean California, or at least Northern California. You guys don't have too much of a barbecue scene. Um, no. I know that it's very difficult to go professional in in your side of the state. Uh, it's they they make it very difficult to uh, open barbecue restaurants and keep them traditional barbecue. They want them to be very, very like uh, almost strictly on gas, a lot of gas assist. Um, you can burn kind of real wood, but they don't exactly like it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I found that too, where even in, again, San Francisco, there's certainly not great barbecue. There's a little bit, but. You get to the point where you're making decent enough barbecue at home where you don't want to go out to those places either. Yeah. Right? Um, and, that, and that's kind of where we wound up, where it's like, why, why even go out if I can make something nearly as good, right? If I don't need to go out and get it. Now, how much, like, when you started cooking, you just kind of really started diving into it. Um, what would you say was your big learning curve on it? Because there's always one, you know what I mean? I think it's a stall learning that and how to work through it and just knowing that it's coming the first few pork butts I made I, I, I'm like why is this taking 20 hours to finish <laughs> and, I, and I didn't wrap them either right? okay. I just let it go through and I think I learned I can't remember I think it was amazingribs.com that yeah, website, fantastic of, website and you know they they like like don't wrap the, don't wrap the pork butt so I didn't and and I got used to just making every pork shoulder I made was 20 hours long <laughs> which was fine it it if you have the time, right? Yeah. Uh, or if you uh, have the, if you remember. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, oh, what time should I put this on it? What time do we want to eat? I, I've gotten to the point where I will err on the side of getting it off up to eight hours earlier and just leave it in a cooler with towels. Yeah. It's easier. I, it's, yeah. It's easier to be like, oh, well, it's, it's done already. Here we go. Yeah. Let's go. Way easier. Yeah. Way, way easier. Now... How is sourcing meat out there? Um, it's okay. Like we have, 
even a local grocery store, it's kind of a, a nice, nicer grocery store carries like Snake River Farms. All oh, that. do they really? Uh, yeah. So we can get you can get pretty much the whole line there. Okay. Um, but I had for a long time even trouble finding a full pack of brisket anywhere in the city. It's not as common. Yeah. Most people aren't cooking a full packer, so they were just they're they're not selling it. So it's difficult to source, right? Totally. I mean, you, pretty rare you'll go into a grocery store and find one. They're all going to be flats, right? And then the place that normally has them is Costco, and they're decent. Yeah. They're prime, right? Costco sometimes has some decent some decent ones. Sometimes you gotta unfortunately um, shift through them. Mail order. You yeah. know, or you gotta mail order them. Um, I always find it sometimes uh, <clears throat> sometimes difficult when I'm going to Costco and going through stuff. Sometimes they just they have un- inconsistent sizes. You know, mm. it's, it's always crazy. They'll put like a, a 11 pound full pack of brisket next to a 20 pounder, and you're like, whoa, those those two are two are gigantic are differences. Yeah. And then um, I was actually at Costco Business Center today. Uh, looking at different briskets, and they all—I actually didn't get any of them from them uh, because all their briskets had such big fat caps on them. Hmm. I mean, they were gigantic, just huge amounts of fat yeah. on the side, huge, just huge amounts of fat that I knew I was gonna have to cut off. And I'm like, dude, I'm gonna be—I'm gonna cut off, you know, six pounds here to waste. make. And they were—they were all like over twenty pounds. So it's like I know I I know this is really just a fifteen to fourteen pound brisket that they didn't trim, right? That wasn't trimmed, and then you know if someone's gonna buy it. That's fine. And if if you're if you're a restaurant that does sausage or whatever, and you can take all those trimmings and shove them into sausage, well then it's not it doesn't hurt your bottom line quite as bad. But like for yeah. us, we don't we don't do sausage. So, or at least we don't do uh, house-made sausage on a regular basis. So it's like there's absolutely no reason for me to have that much, you know, leftover trimmings. Yep. <clears throat> it's not like you're going to freeze them all. You know what I mean? Or, or you know, it's just there's no point for us. It's it was insane. they were just way too big. Yeah, we uh, the other sh- shortage I think we had was during. Early on in COVID, there was like you couldn't find pork, like ribs or pork loins. At all, really? Or not a lot, right? Because I maybe three, four weeks into being quarantined, I started like missing cooking for people because I, yeah, like you said, I mean, I have an eighteen-pound brisket for four-person family. That doesn't make a whole lot of sense. You know, I still did it, but um, yeah, but it's a hard one. You know what I mean? Because then it's like, yeah, we can only do so much with brisket. It's like, okay, cool, we got. Sliced brisket the first day, then we got brisket nachos, then we got brisket chili, but it's yeah. kind of warm outside, so we don't really want that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you got brisket and eggs, but then we're starting we're old. starting to lose lose things to do with brisket. Totally. Um, I, I was thinking, what can I do to hear to to see people that I haven't seen, like friends and family that were just stuck in our houses? So I started what I was calling at that time. Like a, a barbecue delivery pop up, right? yeah. Where called like, I was calling SIP Smokehouse, Shelter in Place Smokehouse, and I would just <laughs> deliver meat to people and flowers and candy, and, yeah, and cookies, and then see people from 
you know, socially distance or have a beer in their garage. It was a way to like can get out of the house for my own sanity at the same time. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And then, but that's where like I couldn't find pork or I get a question from the butcher. Like, are you having a party? Why do you need, why do you need 11 racks of baby bats? Like, because I'm delivering them to people, right? Yeah, because I'm fucking bored out of my skull and I want to cook. <laughs> and then I want to give them out to people. I don't even want to eat this stuff. <laughs> right. It wasn't even, I, I, I think I, I rarely got any of it, the food. It was more just delivering it, which was part of the, the point. Yeah, I mean, and that that's one of the things, though, right? Where it's like, after you do five, six, seven hours of cooking, you're like, eh, I don't feel like eating anymore. Yeah, five, six, seven hours of cooking, then three hours of delivery. Yeah. So I, I would just drive around and drop stuff off for people. And it was great. I mean, I'm not saying it's a bad thing. It, it was a... But oh, no, it's you, also, get, you get the joy yeah. out of doing that, yeah. but you're not hungry. No. And if you are hungry, it's definitely not for anything that you just cut. Exactly. Like, yeah. I always I always get that weird, like, the people that will tell me that, like, they're like, it's so weird that you don't want to eat, like, all your barbecue. And I'm like, I have no desire to. Like, I know what it tastes like. I taste test, yes, to make sure that I'm on point. But I don't like. I cook barbecue for a living. Yeah. Like, I I want. I almost want. I almost never want to eat barbecue. And you then, smell like, my clothes. My clothes after twenty hours of being in the smoke. Yeah. <laughs> well, then, and then there's the other thing where it's like, people will be like, "Oh my god, this smells so good!" Like when we get to pop ups. And I'm like, I have no idea what you're talking about. Like I can't. Yeah. I don't smell it anymore. That's I don't funny. smell like, like, you know what I mean? Because I'm in it all day. I'm with the fire all day. I'm in, you know, I'm cooking. I'm in the kitchen all day. It, it doesn't, I don't have those, like, it almost doesn't hit me the way that, like, it hits everybody else. Like, <clears throat> I, you know, I'll be, you know, I'll walk around at our pop-ups and start talking to people and they're like, Oh my God, you smell like smoke. And I'm <laughs> like, I, I, I can't even tell. Right. Like, it's funny. It's just, I mean, it's in, you know, it's in your shirt, it's in your pants, what I, you know, what I mean? it, it's everything. And it, it just, it doesn't, I don't, I don't notice it. I hear you though. It's funny. <laughs> and I'm sure, I'm sure your car smelled like barbecue. Oh, yeah. For a while. Yeah, my dog was loving that after the fact, where he just licked the seats yeah. for a while. So. He was like, this smells like bark. This is fantastic. <laughs> like, I know exactly what I'm doing. Like, but it, it and, and you probably didn't even notice that your car was smelling like barbecue exactly. No. Because you got used to it. You know what I mean? You were in there for yeah. so long, you, you, your body just gets used to that scent. Yeah, totally. Um, it's just kind of what we do. <laughs> So yeah, so you said pork was pork was uh, difficult for you guys to find. Anything else difficult? No, I mean I think still a, a good brisket is difficult to find. Yeah. So if you want to spend two hundred and thirty bucks mail order, you can do that, right? Yeah. But um, there's few few butchers even actually in, in the North Bay here where you can go ask for something to get cut off the. The animal, yeah. right? So it's even in when we lived in San Francisco, there were it seemed like there were more, more kind of um, 
just butcher shops where they'll, they'll have it there for you. If it's just super expensive. Yeah. I mean, what are, what are we saying? Like, what do you think? What, what was a pound? Um, if you could remember. I mean, the one brisket I got at that place is 180 bucks. Then you're worried about screwing it up, right? Like, if, <laughs> like if I mess this up, I just spent quite a bit of money on this. And I just spent 180 it's, it's a piece, dollars of, to, piece of cardboard to to not uh, eat, to order to yeah, order pizza, so, or to order what so, you know, whatever. Right. And 12, 12 to fifteen pounds. I mean, twelve to fifteen dollars per pound, probably. Some of these places. Man. Yeah, which is supposed to be a cheap cut of meat, right? Yeah, I mean, and if you look at it. 12 to 15 pounds or 12 to 15 dollars per pound man can you imagine trying to charge commercially for that no i don't see how i don't see how they can do that i mean if you go wholesale i think it's, it's got to be it's got to be more reasonable you gotta hope it's re- more reasonable but i'm just saying like man that that's insane like we charge we charge 22 dollars a pound for our cooked brisket but i mean if i was buying it for 15 dollars a pound i can't cook it for seven bucks no I can't even fucking come close to that. Like, the amount of hours that goes into it, the the amount of wood. Yeah. Now, do you do you guys have any issue getting charcoal or getting? No, I haven't. I haven't noticed it. Okay. I've been on the hunt for like the right places around me to get good charcoal because even living when I was living in the, in the city. The only good charcoal you could find was a big green egg, you know, brand, okay. and that's just, you go to a, a BGE dealer, right? That has charcoal, maybe. Yeah. Um, so moving out to the suburbs, I'm finding more places that sell like Fogo and Jealous Devil, and, and yeah. those. So it's been fun to try those out because for years I never had access to those, and I like them a lot better. They they are a lot better. So the the, the dirty little truth about that lovely green bag is um, it's Royal Oak, right? It's Royal Oak. Yeah. Yeah. It's Royal Oaks, uh, just private labeled, which which makes you kind of wonder where it's like it's the same shit going into both bags, and yeah. one's twelve ninety nine and one's thirty. <laughs> I, I would just say even the quality though of like I have some Fogo Super Premium and those chunks are like they're huge. Yeah, they're trees, right? Yeah, so it's it's a the, different quality, I think. <clears throat> they also burn differently. Yeah, you know what I mean. They really do. They burn differently when you have a bigger piece, and you get it get it lit. Now, don't get me wrong. Lighting royal oak is easy. It lights up like crazy. Um, same thing with big green egg charcoal. It lights up like crazy. But lighting, you know, Fogo or Jealous Devil, it's a little bit harder. Like I know um, I'm on the Jealous Devil. Uh, protein and one of the things that that i always say to them it's like dude lighting our charcoal is a little bit harder but that's okay i like that ba jealous devil doesn't spark as much as as fogo does so that's why i like jealous devil a little bit more but it it once it ignites it holds nicely for me you know what i mean and same thing with fogo once it ignites it holds where i feel like with Lesser charcoals, charcoals that are smaller pieces, they tend to burn up. They're going to burn up a little bit faster, so the consistency of heat is a little bit harder to control. Mm-hmm. You know, because then you get the pops. Um, I was talking to a buddy of mine the other day. 
he just got a big green egg. He switched from a WSM to a big green egg. And he's like, man, he's like, you know, uh, my one issue right now is temperature control. He's like, hmm. with the, with the uh, WSM, he's like, I would be able to lock it in and it wouldn't move. He's like, but where I feel when I lock it, lock in my egg, it likes to creep a little bit on me, likes to creep up. And what I was telling him is like, hey, when you feel like it's locked in and it's been, you know, sitting at 250 for an hour and a half or whatever, and I feel like it's locked in, I'm like, close down just, just by just a little bit, close that bottom grate just a little bit, you know? Yeah. The big difference, and I was saying to him, I go, the big difference that you're not thinking of is, A, your big green egg is more insulated. So it's going to take less charcoal and less heat to keep that temperature going, right? Not to mention, you're going from an 18-inch an uh, WSM. So your, your firebox is probably, what, 16 inches in it? Mm. To an XL egg. A much much big firebox right so you you know if you have that airflow going it's constantly spreading that fire so it's allowing it to build a little bit bigger of a fire and that's why you're starting to creep up as we go up because more charcoal ignites because i if i'm not wrong i'm pretty sure that he's lighting like almost all of us do you light one spot and then it kind of you know bullseyes out right but <clears throat> if you if you like that one spot and it bullseyes out too quickly, you're going to start creeping that temperature up because you have so much more charcoal inside. Yeah, makes sense. I mean, right? I have a um, barbecue guru, and my kids always make fun of me. Like, they're you're cheating by using that thing. I'm like, maybe I'm cheating. but Only when you sleep. It's, it, okay. it, yeah, when I sleep, exactly. Like, it, it's keeping me from getting up in the middle of the night. Although, I will say, um, a good buddy of mine... Um, had the worst thing ever happen to him with a barbecue guru. Oh, now I'm scared. So here's what happens. Uh, actually, might have been a flame boss. It might have been a flame boss or a barbecue guru. I don't exactly remember which one it was. So he sets it up right, puts two briskets on. The temps temps perfect, and he was going for an overnight cook. Before he went to bed, he's like, I'm going to go check everything, make sure everything's good to go. Opened it up, opened the egg up, looked at them. They're looking good. They're looking pretty. Tempt them. He's like, okay, we're good. Didn't realize that the probe, the temp probe, fell out of the egg. Oh. Right? That's, that's not good. <laughs> it was like 49 degrees and raining outside. Oh, it was probe. outside even. Yeah. Oh, oh my god. Oh yeah. I mean, yeah. So it fell out of the egg, and it's literally laying on the ground, and it's just reading. So the guru's just reading forty nine degrees. So that fan is just cranking because all it's trying to do is get that get that temp up. Did he wake up to a 700-degree smoker then? He did not. His, his, at least his, um, his top was closed down enough to kind of hold a little bit lower of a temp. But he woke up 
like an hour and a half later because he's like something just you know woke me up something felt weird it's barbecue sense yeah and he like went down to go check on it but it was they were sitting at like 600 degrees that's scary i think it was like 550 that's... or 600 degrees because it was just it was just you know i mean it's constantly stoking the fire yeah just stoke 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 for an hour and a half so you got to make sure that yeah. thermometers clipped good, in well. Good, good lesson learned there. <laughs> he did say the briskets came out okay. Um, <clears throat> it was a little bit hotter and a faster cook than he wanted them to be, but <laughs> he's like they, he did say they came out okay. And the hard part when you when you get that kind of shit is getting that egg back down. Oh yeah, you're just kind of screwed. You know, getting that egg back down. The only night for him. Um, the, the nice thing about, for him, is that he actually has two, um, two deflector plates. So he pulled that one deflector plate out and put a new one in. That's going to help. Well, that definitely, you know, that definitely helped in the sense that you got a, you got a deflector plate that's 60 degrees, right, that you're putting in. It's going to start absorbing all the heat. So it's going to start help, you know, start helping a little bit, taking it down just a little bit. But it's still not going to, I mean, it's not going to pull everything. If, and also if it doesn't crack, right? If it not doesn't cold crack. cold that hot. If it doesn't crack. Now, have you had, have you had any issues with yours cracking? I was telling somebody yesterday, yes. So, um, years ago I had problems with the actual, the grate on the bottom. Yeah. The cracking and also bending. Right, okay. so then it doesn't doesn't seat well in, in yeah. on, on the firebox. My firebox right now is in four pieces though. Really? So it's getting to the point where it's it's wobbly. Like I, I got to get a, a warranty. Claim, yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but it's it's getting to the point where the even the metal grate wouldn't sit well because you, you can't balance the four pieces yeah, the right yeah, way. Yeah, yeah. If it was in two pieces, it's not so bad. Yeah. But in four pieces, they're kind of all over the place. Um. Uh, so yeah. I, I go through deflector plates like crazy. I go through about one a year. Um, that's probably about on average for me. I'm on the probably fourth or fifth one at this point. Yeah. And I don't know why, though. Well, it seems like you always get a hairline crack in it. And then that just... Mm-hmm. If, and if then you... it just splits. Yeah. And I usually go through them in the winter. They usually crack for me in the winter. Be the cold, right? I think I think a lot of it has to do with the cold. But the weird thing is, like, I got friends that are in Canada. I got friends that are um, in Upper Wisconsin, where it gets very, very cold, and they're like, "I've never gone. I've never cracked a deflector plate." I'm like, "How?" I'm like, "What are you doing different that I'm?" And I don't know if they're they're putting it in maybe sooner than I am. I like letting my egg get, you know, get a nice good kind of fire going in it, and yeah. then I put my deflector plate in. I don't know if they're throwing it in beforehand and then letting it come up the temp slowly, maybe a little slower. Maybe. You know, I found also you, you probably have the expander, all that stuff. I don't right have the expander yet. I'm looking no. at. I'm thinking about doing that. I'm thinking about get because right now I just looked at my uh, deflector plate and it has that it has that hairline crack that we're talking about, yeah. and I know it's going to go soon. So, so that that helps protect it, like when you're moving it around. Yeah. Too. Um, I'm thinking of sw- switching to that 
to the two half moon pieces. Yeah, that's what I have now. Is it? Um, so there's two half moons on top, and then I have another cast iron half. Yeah. Because right? so I can. Um, yeah, it's great. But it's also that's the dangerous part about this is all these accessories. Like, watch out. Oh, don't get me started. It, I know it's going to add up. Oh, I know. Don't worry. <laughs> it's it's a it's a bad habit. Don't worry. I've already I've uh, accepted my bad habit. Uh, I'm, not sh- I'm not sure my wife has yet, but every time <laughs> every time the FedEx guy shows up here, she's like, "Is that something for the grill?" Like, You're like, "No, yes. no, no, no! I won this." No way! No way! <laughs> <laughs> I entered a contest and I won. How how'd you enter it with my credit card number? <laughs> right. <laughs> I magically won. I magically like, you charge the credit card too, just so you know. <laughs> but <clears throat> it is it's one of those things like it is going down that um. The accessories that that and the gadgets and the toys, right? We we um we we're all obsessed with them. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's not just the big green egg ones either. It's like what I've seen on Instagram, right? Or oh, people yeah. are, and you know, why do I need? All of a sudden, I need you know more Bluetooth thermometers. I need skewers that I can hang chicken top of my egg so it's yeah. tandoori like right yeah. who knew i needed duck fat spray but apparently i did you do I need duck fat that. spray though yeah duck fat spray is actually really great yeah so <laughs> things you don't realize you that even existed that you need yeah you, you, you learn uh the thing i want to get is i want to get a jotisserie for mine because i can't there's no big green egg rotisserie so i want to get the jotisserie because i i think rotisserie would be a lot of fun how has Big Green Egg not come out with one yet? Because they're stubborn. They really are. Like, have you noticed? Like, they are very stubborn and set in their ways. It took them a very, very long time to um, come out with an ash basket, yep. which was presented to them years ago by Chad. Um, I just got that. Yeah, that's pretty awesome, too. Oh, dude, that'll change your life. Yep. <clears throat> That'll and then really the, change your life. Yeah, you know, with the charcoal separator, too, then the rotisserie makes sense where you're not just having oh. a grease fire the entire time. Dude, the charcoal separator is another game changer. It's a big game changer. Um, especially if you don't have, like, the divide and conquer kind of um, setup that you have right now. It's a huge game changer. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? It's totally. very, very, very much of a big game changer. Because then you can get that, you can get that two-zone cooking out of it. Um, I know that, um, like I have a Minimax and I have the, uh, kick-ass basket in my Minimax. And the thing that I love about it is when we go places and we, and we use it, uh, I'll just pull out that kick-ass basket and dump the charcoal either into a, like, metal garbage can that's yeah. meant for at like hot ash. Mm. A lot of the parks around here, they, they have ash garbage cans because they're like, Hey, we want you to dump them here for safety, obviously, and all that stuff. Um, or I'll just submerge them into a bucket of water and just completely put them out. And then I'm able to throw them away regularly. Right. Yeah. And that cools but, down much faster. Right. But that, yeah, yeah. And I leave the egg open for 15, 20 minutes and it's like, a hundred degree, you know, a hundred percent cooler to the point where I can now close everything down and I can put it in the back of the truck 
and not worry about it. You know what I mean? Because it's, it's it's cold enough. You know, I don't even need to worry about it. That's interesting. Yeah, my I have a Mini Max too. Well, I say I have a Mini Max. It's really my my youngest son's. When he was seven, he asked for one for Christmas, and uh, like it. That wasn't the first time. It was years that he's been asking for one. Okay. So uh, I'm like, hey, Santa Claus heard somehow, and he delivered. Yeah. But he lets me. He lets me use it. But point being, we I brought it somewhere to a friend's house last weekend to do a, a rib competition, and I had to leave it there because it was too hot. It's still there. Yeah. But if you if you have that kick ash basket there, you pull it out, drop it. Yeah, I got it for the XL, but now of course, yeah, the slow creep, right? It's the it's the seed. See, this is what happens. Now you get one, you get addicted, you start moving it, but um. It, it, it really is, it, it, it's a fantastic little toy on that note. It helps clean out the egg a lot faster. Um, I actually also like to, um, I cold smoke mm-hmm. in the egg. And what I'll do is I'll take the kick-ash basket out of the Minimax and I'll put it into my XL. Ah. So then it holds my charcoal together really nicely and my wood. But it also doesn't create a big enough fire in that large area to get too hot. That's a good so idea. So allows me to control the fire a little bit better than it would if I if I did it a different way. What are you doing with cold smoke cheese or fish? I do, I'll cold smoke cheeses uh, every once in a while for my neighbor. I'll cold smoke his fish because he's a big fisherman. And he's always like, he's trying, like, it's, it's a, it's great. And it's horrible. Two of my neighbors are huge fishermen. They both try giving us fish. You can only get so much before you're like, you guys need to stop fishing. Like, (laughs) you know what I mean? Like when you got one person giving it to you, then it's okay. But when you start having two people giving it to you, then you're like, I have a lot of fish and I don't need any more fish. So we start cold smoking and giving it to people and stuff stuff like that. Um, I also like to cold smoke bacon for a little bit. So I'll cold smoke smoke the bacon for for a couple hours and then I'll, I'll throw it in to finish it out. You know, bring it to one sixty five and then cool it, slice it, and you know, have it be done. But um, I don't always do that with my bacon. It's only if I'm if I'm having some fun. Right. But cold smoking's fun. Cold smoking cheese is really good. Um, it's it's a really really good, a really really fun uh, way to do it. I also throw a a foil pan with ice and a little bit of water inside of it, so that it really keeps that temperature down around the cheese. What's it? What's the temp? Um, last time I set up a probe in there. Because my my egg te- my egg uh, thermometer doesn't move at all because it doesn't read anything under I think a hundred degrees one hundred fifty degrees. So wow. I'm I'm when I when I had a probe in there I was like at ninety between ninety and one hundred and ten. Okay. So I try keeping it as low to hundred degrees as I possibly can. So the yeah, I feel like I'm doesn't melt i feel like i'm calibrating those thermometers in there way too often on the, the, the eggs. 
Yeah. You know what? I, I've actually, um, I've been thinking about getting rid of, like, not, I will not getting rid of it. I'm going to leave it there, but I'm going to, I think I'm going to get like the smoke from, uh, from Thermalworks and just, you know, have a pin in it, you know, to tell me my temp. Yeah. Cause I'd rather know my great temp than I, than knowing, knowing the temp up in the dome. Cause it's true. It, you know, it's sometimes it can be 25 degrees difference, which isn't a huge deal, but I'm okay with the flexibility of 25 degrees. But if I think I'm at 250 and I want to like, if I'm at 225, 250, I'm okay with like that flexibility. But I think the swing of 225 to 275 is too big. You know, and if my grate is sitting at 275 and I think I'm sitting at 250, it's a little bit that that's a little off putting. Yeah. Like I was saying before, this whole idea, the skewers that I hang off the top, you've yeah. seen this for people, right? Yeah, they're awesome. And that's that's going to like 600, 550, 600. So those top pieces are getting incinerated. Yeah. For more or less. Like, I don't know how you even. You need to take them off while they're while they're cooking, but it's there's a huge difference there, especially at, at the higher temps. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Now, um, I know my egg always has a weird little underbite. Do you ever have it, have any issues with <clears throat> yours? I've never not had it. I don't know. I think it's the spring system. I really do. yeah. I've heard. I, I have the old one, right? It's six Me too. Old. Yeah. So if that if that was to fix it, I would I would get it tomorrow. Just I mean, just because I'm going through gaskets, like it's nobody's business. Have you ever tried using the forever gasket? No. The only issue is like the the only issue that I have with like the forever gasket is it's technically not food safe. They they didn't because it's a wire. It's a wire mesh. Yeah. So they but can't how much, make it food how much, grade. How much food are you putting on your gasket? Like, none. So every once in a while you hit it. Right? Yeah, I mean, and, but none. I don't really give a shit. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the big I green egg use ones. The egg that, oh, the big green egg ones. I think I go through two a year. Sometimes. So, so, yeah, so the underbite, I've never, I've taken it apart countless times and I've, at this point given up. Like, yeah. I, I don't know if it's a design flaw or I'm not doing something right. Um, but I've heard it enough from other people that it's, it's not, it's probably not isn't just me. <laughs> no, it's probably not just you. Uh, we, um, I just did a, I just did a clean burn on my, uh, daisy wheel. I saw that. <clears throat> Man, it's so satisfying to do that. I, I just bought the new regulator. How do you like it? I don't like it. I've <clears throat> cooked on it. I prefer my daisy wheel. Well, I feel like I know exactly where the temp is going to go in the daisy wheel at this point. Like exactly. Yeah. Like, and so I don't know that yet with the new one. Yeah. Um, but it seems to be, I guess the only um, positive thing about it over the daisy wheel is it doesn't move when you open up the top. Right. Or the new one. You mean the new one? It doesn't. The move? new one doesn't. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's a big positive. Cause yeah. I mean like, I don't know how many times people have came over like we're doing a party or whatever and we're hanging out and people like open the cooker and that thing fucking moves yeah. just by a little bit and it, it just starts smoking and you're like, what the, f- who touched my shit? You right. know what I mean? Yeah. And like, it's like, oh, sorry. 
<laughs> you need friends who don't touch your your smoker. Yeah, and you're fine. No, but you know what I, you know what I'm saying. Like you, you look at it and you're like, how did that happen? And it's like, oh, the lid got lifted, and Daisy wheel shifted a little bit on the way down. Yeah, so that's the only reason why I see it being better. But yeah, but besides, I've I've never had a real problem with it before. I always think it's funny too because I always get I always get people that are like, you got to get the smokeware, you got to get the um, you got to get something so that when it rains you can still cook. I'm like, dude, I cook in the rain, and they're like, I don't. I've never had a problem with water getting in there. Like, the holes are so damn small. Like. Right. Why? I, I didn't. Of course, the rain cap was right next to a, the regulator when I was buying it. I'm like, why do I need that? You don't. I, that, the other one wasn't closed, right? So You're fine. You don't need that. Same thing with, like, the only issue I've ever had is um, cooking in the snow. Is. I have actually had my bottom grate or my bottom vent freeze over. Mm. During the cook or in between? During the cook. Wow. Because it was so cold and the wind was hitting so hard that as it was melting it, it was freezing. So it was like creating like an ice shield. Oh, jeez. So I'd have to like knock off ice so that like airflow would be able to come in. So I've actually I've taken because you know how you have the little like grate on the bottom. I've just taken that off completely. So I don't use that at all. I just so it's just it. open. Yeah, so I just close the bottom a little bit more. Um, are you are you worried about like no sharp thing or hot things coming out and no. not lighting a fire? No, no, no. I've never seen anything fall out i've never seen it you know i've seen it fall down but i've never seen it fall out yeah and i mean it's so far back that would really have to fall hard and really skip really really far so i I haven't i haven't been worried about that at all but in the winter it helps me cook without especially like on snowy days without um without it freezing I mean, I've had my yeah. gasket freeze, too. Those are the fun days. Those are things we do not run into here. When the gasket freezes and you gotta, yeah. you got to light a piece of charcoal and drop it in, and then you oh, got to wait like 15, 20 minutes so that the damn thing heats up. Now, I mean, <laughs> I, have a da- I have a J.J. George torch. Uh, I also have a, um, a grill gun. So with the grill gun, it's not going to be a problem. I'll just stuck the grill gun in there and just ignite. Oh, yeah. uh, but... Oh, when I only had the J.J. George torch, there was a couple times where I, I would just put the torch in through the top and just turn it on. Just so it would just be, you know, pumping heat into it so that the egg would warm up a little bit and then, you know, the top would come off. But, you know, it is, you know, it happens. <clears throat> There's moisture in the cook. There's moisture in the cooking chamber. It's cold. Shit freezes to each other. There's moisture in the ceramic too, I imagine, right? Yeah, I'm, I know that. Um, I know that. Uh, I believe it was um, dark side of the grill. Uh, Mel, Mel said that he's had his egg freeze shut while while cooking on it. He's in Canada, though, right? He's in Canada, where it can get to <laughs> negative forty, and he'll cook in that shit. 
And so would I. That's crazy. I mean, I, I'm not I'm not afraid to cook in that. But it, can you imagine it being, I mean, 250 degrees inside your egg and the outside's freezing no. because it's that damn cold that quickly? So how do you, how do you deal with it? Do you just keep opening it more I guess, often? I, mean, I don't know. I've never had it freeze. I've never had it freeze shut on me while I'm cooking on it. I've only had the bottom grate freeze. Or bottom bottom vent, sorry, not bottom grate. Yeah. I have had my my uh I had to replace the um bottom of my cooker because that cracked on me. Uh I've had the fire ring crack on me. Uh I've replaced the firebox too. Because it cracked. Mine Has your cracked. dealer dealer been pretty good about replacing yeah, stuff? Yeah, he's been awesome about replacing yeah. stuff. Um, the hard thing, you know, the, the thing that sucks sometimes is, like, when my fire basket cracked, it cracked, and then, a, like, it cracked, it almost cracked in, like, a Y crack, right? So, like, it went down, and then another piece kind of cracked off to the side. Mm. So, I had this giant hole. So it was like you couldn't even cook on it because oh, I was worried that like, you know, charcoal would fall through it or whatever. So I had to replace it completely. And I don't know exactly how it happened. I don't know if it just grease got down there and just popped it or what. There's a lot going on in there. Who knows? I mean, there's a lot of heat. You know what I mean? It's, it's holding a lot of heat. A lot, a lot of heat. I'm a, I'm a little amazed. Like there's, you know, just between us two, how many how many broken pieces we've had. Like, is that is that the standard for a big green egg? And like, how how is that a from a business perspective? How's it viable? They, 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 yeah, they keep replacing. It's a lifetime warranty, right? And they've been good about it. Yeah. But at at some point, do they say no? I don't know. Right. I don't. That's a good question. I don't know. I will say that I replaced my firebox. Uh, three years ago, and I haven't had a problem since. So, I don't know if maybe they had a bad batch go through, and they just didn't want to tell them, say anything to anybody. Yeah, that's possible. You know what I mean? They could have been like, oh, we had a bad batch of, of, you know, ceramic go through. We'll just, we won't say anything, we'll just replace shit, and then we won't have a problem. Yeah, they could have made technology over the years everything it's better now and yeah you people who have six to 15 year old eggs you might have problems but we'll fix them still yeah and the eggs that are coming out now are, are aren't having as many issues i mean i remember when they put out the the double xl they originally had one solid plate setter for that now it has two that plate setter was heavy as hell yeah i can imagine i mean it was just it was gigantic one of my buddy's stores had it, and we got to cook on it, and we we never filled it up with charcoal. We put an XL kick-ash basket inside of it and just filled that up. Because that was enough yeah. to, to cook on it. And actually, yeah, I, think, I think it cooked better. It had more airflow around the charcoal. Well, that's it. That's the thing about the kick ash basket too, versus the the metal grate below. I I felt that that impeded airflow a lot. Yeah, the original one. Even now, I've only had it for excuse me three weeks or so, but just lighting charcoal is much faster now. Did you take, did you take a out lot the bottom quicker. grate completely too? 
Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's nice. Yeah. I think you lose like some of the smaller pieces of charcoal that are still probably of viable. Of course. But I mean so maybe I'm maybe I'll use more charcoal over the long run, I don't know, but it feels like it's it's more efficient. Yeah, but if it's burning cleaner, it's probably better. Yeah. Yeah, with less, less ash, right? So you know that—that's the way I look at it. If it's burning yeah. cleaner, I'm not going to complain. I'm gonna—I'm just gonna—I'm gonna stay happy and keep going. Yep. So, you know. So what? What? What accessories are your favorite? Since we talked a little accessory. I mean, I think not even accessories, but I love having both the XL and the Mini Max, like to to. Multitask. Oh, yeah. oh right, to be able to reverse sear on the big one, then bring it over and blast it on the little one. Um, that's, that's one of the best things. Yeah, that's great. I started doing that even. I have a, um, I have a little pizza oven, a yeah. rock box, and I'll I'll do the same thing in there, like finish a steak just to sear it, you know, at nine hundred degrees. Yeah. Um, but I think so far the favorite it's definitely the expander. And the kick ash basket, no doubt. I see. I'm I'm still torn. I'm still not sold 100 sold on the expander, but I think I'm I think I'm getting there. I think I'm. I mean, I think I'm going to probably go that route. Well, there's other. You could go non big green egg too, right? There's other. I could, yeah. Brands, but I don't. And and some of those may have more custom features, or you can do different things with them. Sure, but. I just like the fact you're, you you have, you know, two different cooking levels. Yeah. You do at the same time. You know, you could put a half a pizza stone on one, and yep. you know, the, the I use the cast iron for burgers. Like that's exclusively now. Yeah. Well, um, my my big thing is um, I have a custom grate, so I'll lose that. That's the only thing that sucks. Oh, uh, yeah. You know, but. I don't know if I'll, I don't think I might be okay with that. I might just hang it up. It's, you know. I mean, is it? It's cast iron. No, it's it's a um, it's a thick steel one. So are you using it for everything, or just for searing things? No, I use it for everything. Yeah, that'd be a bummer to lose that, right? Then you probably, or you get a new one that fits the expander. May or I get a new one that fits the expander. I'm sure the wife will love that. You won it. You won it in a, a contest. In a, in a contest that I spent money on. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it is. It is what it is. We uh, we all you know, we all have our our, our little habits, and we all find uh, joy in what we do. So that that's all that really matters. Totally. <clears throat> so, what are some of your favorite things to cook? It's interesting because I think if you look at my my account, it's not pure barbecue, right? Yeah. It's not just beef all the time. I think that's – and I think about this of how – who I'm connected with on on Instagram. Like a lot of them are pure barbecue plays, right? And it's, it's, it's super interesting to see how the kind of engagement is or insights into what I post versus what people like. Right. Yeah. Because I think I'm I'm kind of diverse, and I, maybe I'm di- diluting the brand if if there was a brand, right? Okay. Where, where I'm you know doing barbecue and then like vegetables and pizza. And, oh, it's fantastic! I love it. And I think people who only want to see barbecue don't give a shit about 
a margarita pizza that I posted, right? Yeah. But I also don't think I could eat beef every day. So it's pretty – yeah, I, I probably could. But um, So I like you know, your standard, I think, barbecue or pulled pork, brisket, ribs. But I think I've – just in this quarantine time, even I tried some new stuff, like the chicken tandoori, al pastor with a vertical skewer, just yeah. fun stuff, right, that you normally don't do that's been – fun and good um, mm-hmm. and like the pizza oven's been awesome that, that little thing is a you know knocks out pizzas in 60 to 90 seconds and they're they're good yeah so it's I've ne- i never cracked the code on a big green egg pizza throughout my the whole time i've had it and it's I think a little the, tricky I, th- I, th- I think the reason is i have the biggest pizza stone so you don't get enough airflow up it there. could be yeah um it's it was, it's always been good but it's a different kind of pizza too. It's right? just, yeah, it's like, not that pizza that you. It's not that fast. Yeah. Pizza you're looking for. I get you. I 100% get you. I don't do many pizzas on the uh, big green egg, but I 100% get get where you're coming from. And I was trying to do some contraption where I have a pizza stone on the bottom and then a pizza stone on the, the top of the expander. Yeah. So you had, the you know, heat. just it was just hot. Right? Yeah, I think that would work. I just think I had too big of a pizza stone on the bottom. Maybe, yeah. Got to have that smaller pizza stone so you can yeah. get that airflow and get that heat kind of rolling over it. That, 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 that would actually probably definitely work. I think so. And then, you know, there's other <laughs> accessories for, I can't remember the name of it, but there's some piece that goes in, it's a pizza or something like that. Similar yeah. to the Joe, Joe Tissery. Yeah. Where then it brings the air, <clears throat> air around the yeah. top of the... Yeah. Yeah. There there definitely is some accessories for the pizza if you want to... If you want to get... If you want to fall down into that uh, that rabbit hole of slippery. pizza. Yeah. And they're all... It's all slippery. Barbecue's a slippery slope in general. It's just... It's slippery slope, man. Everybody benefits, though. That's true. Man, I want to say thank you so much for coming on the podcast, hanging out with us, chatting barbecue. So I like to end the podcast in this way. If you could go back in time, knowing what you know now, what are three tips you would give yourself to shorten your learning curve? Um, Yeah, don't be afraid of the stall. It's going to happen. I think experiment with different different cooking techniques. Like, don't just stick with the straight up barbecue stuff, right? And I didn't learn that till the last four or five months, I think, or even experimented with it. Okay. And I think um, experiment. Like, with, uh, look at what other people are doing. I think one thing that I learned through this Instagram account is I expected it to be more me posting photos and people just seeing them. But it's been very much a two-way street, right, of, of learning from other people out there, which I, that was not my expectation when I when I signed up for this, right? It was more of, I'm just going to post photos, maybe people will like them. But I yeah. learned so much from other people of what they're doing and just be open to, to that kind of stuff and, and learn from what others are doing as opposed to just what you think is right. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think that those are some great tips. Uh, so... 
<clears throat> if you can do me one last favor, let everyone know where they can follow your barbecue journey. That's wood smoke heat one one word on Instagram. Man, thank you so much for coming on the show, and uh, we will have to have you back. All right, thanks, Mikey. Have a good one.